What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are back here um, in the Pillow Fort for another episode of the Pillow Fort podcast. Uh, we finished Hunter Hunter, so we are now on to the Promised Neverland, which I, I'm really looking forward to. I have read the whole Promised Neverland, so I obviously I love it a lot, but I'm looking forward to talking with both Kate and Shania about the Promised Neverland. Now, Shania, you have read all of the Promised Neverland before, right? Yes, I've read all of the Promised Neverland. Okay, did did you like it the last time? Yeah, it's one of my favorites for sure. Good, good. And Kate also is here with us again. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. you you have not read the Promised Neverland before, right? Yeah, no, I haven't read it before. I watched the first season of it that came out on Netflix, um, but that was it. And then we started reading it, so. I'm just going to finish out reading it and then just wait until the the rest of the anime comes out, probably. There we go. There we go. So, yeah. So, we are doing the, I guess technically it's called the introduction arc and the jailbreak arc. Um, but it's chapters 1 through 37 of the manga and 1 through 12 of the anime. Um, it's also pretty much all the anime that's out right now. So... Um, that'll work for this week, but when we come back next week with the with the podcast, you're definitely going to have to be reading it along with us. And now is where I want to put the warning of The Promised Neverland um, is a little different than Hunter Hunter, I think, in that, that it relies a lot on surprises. So if you are not, if you haven't read The Promised Neverland, definitely go read at least chapter 1 through 37 before you listen to this podcast, because we will be spoiling everything in between there mm, yeah. so definitely go and read there are several twists that you will absolutely get spoiled um in this podcast with so definitely definitely go read it first and then and then come back um to the podcast and and give it a listen but let's jump right into it so kate since this is your first foray into the promised neverland i uh, will start with you uh how do you feel about it just general thoughts right away I like, I really like it, honestly, because even, obviously the chapters, like you said, that we read now are like the same of what it was out with the anime and everything. So just watching the anime and even just going back and reading it, like, I I really love like reading things and also watching them just because like, always in the books there's always like more details about what's going on in the situation and i just think like that's really what was provided for me there like there were so many like things that i didn't really know about before like one of the biggest things i think was i'm not sure like in the anime they didn't really highlight like how like the plantations were laid out and everything and how close they were to each other i don't think they really highlighted that obviously i mean i can't really remember that well but i didn't think they went over that and that's like a super crucial detail that they went over in the manga yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's surprising I, that yeah. they didn't do that yeah i wow. don't think i don't think they did like i i really can't remember like because, like, when I saw the layout, I was shocked. I was like, wow, so they're, like, right next to each other. <laughs> I wonder, and obviously it's all right if you don't remember, but, like, what about the whole bridge thing? Like, they had to get to the bridge to cross it. Yeah. Was so, that just not a factor? Like, 
Yeah, it was. It was a factor. Like, they talked about the bridge, but almost in the in the anime, they immediately, like, cast it aside as an option, almost. Because they were like, that's directly correct- connected to headquarters. That's what they said oh. in the in the anime, at least, I think. They said it was connected to headquarters, so there was no possible way they could take the bridge. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. That's it's cool that you've watched the anime because I, me and Shania, we haven't seen the anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like we, yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know things like that. But yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's that's cool. Shania, any general thoughts about rereading this arc for the first time? I guess I forgot how quickly it sort of jumps in. Like it leaves you mm. no illusion that this is going to be a normal manga because it starts off like this is my family this is our day it's so routine down to the numbers on our necks and i'm like wait even this reread i'm like oh (laughs) and they just so quickly like i feel like every chapter everything ends with something that goes deeper and darker and i'm like i forgot how like what how we go here yeah it's great i love it like reading through it again but yeah yeah, it's uh, it, it gets it gets deep quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like first chapter quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, let's. I I kind of want to maybe approach this uh, through the characters. I think that that's at least for this first arc, you know, a lot because we're being introduced to the world and you know of the promised Neverland and all of that. But I so we're introduced to three very important characters, and we'll spend probably a good amount of time on each of them but uh let's start with emma because in my mind she's the main character i'm not sure why i think she's the main out of the (laughs) three but i feel like she is so we'll start we'll start with emma and like i i guess well should i we'll start with you how the introduction to emma um and just kind of going through this arc emma thoughts what do you got I think she kind of reads as the main character because it really does start off a lot of the introduction with her telling her account or how she's feeling. But I love her. She's, I think she's, having read it before, I think she's my favorite character altogether and definitely so far in this read-through she is. I like that she connects the other two that we're going to be talking about, Ray and Norman. I like how she connects them and I like how she brings everyone else together. Um... I also like how she kind of changes a common trope you see where like out of the three of them, the girl is the most athletic and like capable in that way, which I don't know. I just found that like a small little thing that I felt cool because you don't usually see that like you'd expect, oh, Norman's the brain, Ray's the brawn and Emma's just there. But no, like she holds it down. They need her. Yeah. Kate, what do you what do you think? You got Emma thoughts? Yeah, definitely agree with Shania. She definitely holds it down. And even, like, in the in her, like, mental abilities, I think, too. Like, I just think that she's maybe not at the strategist level that, like, Norman and, uh, you know, Ray are. But she's definitely, like, at least raw intelligence-wise. I mean, we can kind of tell through those tests, obviously. Because all three of them get full marks, which I think is yeah. so insane. First of all, I'm, like, horrified by the idea of taking a test every day. <laughs> like, 
yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be horrible. That was that was where the nightmare started for you in chapter yeah, one. That's you where... opened it up. You were like happy life, and then you saw those tests come out, and you're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, not Every, happy. Everybody thought the nightmare started when the demons came around, but for me, no, it was nope. the test taking. <laughs> that's really, really right. Yeah, you saw those. You saw those headphones go on, and you were like, nope, like, not this, not this. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all three yeah. of them are, like, super geniuses. They're, like, generational yeah. prodigy geniuses. But I do think, I don't know if you guys, uh, you can either, you know, agree or disagree with me, but I, I felt as when I was reading it that the clear hierarchy they were trying to establish is, like, Ray, or Norman, rather, is the most intelligent of these like incredible prodigy kids and like Emma of the three of them Emma is the least intelligent still massively a genius but like the one on the bottom of the pile of geniuses but like right. she is the physical like for some reason they're all physically adept too which I they're just genius just prodigy <laughs> children but right like she's like but she's like she's also got this physicality aspect which is kind of different you know you don't usually see the girl have the more physical aspect and and one of the boys have the kind of brainy side yeah but that that was it does that is that checking out with you guys do you think that hierarchy kind of makes sense that's just what i got from reading oh yeah definitely i mean like norman does like just so much to strategize and like He's just, he's so involved. And, like, really, he just wants to make Emma happy, like, through this process as well. But, like, he's, he's, like, so good that he's, like, weighing out, like, the things that he needs to do. And, like, seeing how he can also, like, help Emma and keep Emma happy at the same time. Norman really does strive for Emma's happiness. And you know what? I love him for it. And yeah, I think that assessment tracks because in the, you know, I know you read in an app, Kate, but in the books, they they do little like um, character blurbs sometimes, the authors do, and their consistent description is um, after they describe Norman, they say like Ray is the only one on par with Norman or who can keep up, keep pace with Norman. So it seems yeah. like the authors themselves are intending us to understand like Norman and Ray are like the true equals and Emma's like right there. But I think they even point, like, her hard work and determination is why she's right there. Hmm. Along with being a naturally aptitude genius like all of the kids at this farm are, but. Yeah, just going back, going back kind of, like, to my, my Emma thoughts. I, I love Emma. I, Emma's so great. I, <laughs> like, she, in this world of, like, pure darkness, she is such a light. Like. It's 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 very nice. It's very nice to see, but it um she she like that kind of like I'm going to save them all naivety thing is like usually I find it kind of annoying, but I really like it in her. Like I I think it's because the world around her is so pragmatic that like she is refreshing in this world to 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 see. But um yeah, yeah, let's we're kind of dipping in dipping into Norman there. Uh Norman is, in my opinion, incredible. But I'm very interested to see what you guys, what you guys think of Norman. Kate, Kate, what do you got? Norman thoughts? Yeah. So I mean, I already talked about him a little bit, but I, I really, really like Norman. I just, I think that like he's such a master strategist. First of all, 
And just, like, he, I think, knows how to also, like, gather the other children and really, like, be, like, the kind of calm and collected, like, leader of them almost. While, like, Emma is the very, like, energetic and, like, very, like, involved. And, you know, Norman is more of the chillaxed one. But, like, I think that he's, like, so great. And he just really... He cares about, I think, the whole family as much as Emma does. And it's just, he doesn't, like, show it as outwardly, I feel like, as Emma does. But that might just be because he's also trying to just let Emma feel what she's feeling and, like, not bring his side into it. But, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I pretty much agree with that. But it is a little, like, I feel like Norman falls sort of in between Ray and Emma in that I would say Ray almost doesn't care about them at all like he cares about Norman and Emma but almost that I feel is a little bit pragmatic but then um Norman like I think he cares because Emma cares like I mean he's not totally calloused but definitely like his drive and his push to save them is for Emma because otherwise I think he would do like Ray suggested and like leave them but then he has that whole conflict like okay, how do I lie to Ray while keeping true to Emma? Like, he's just so about Emma. And yeah. I like how he does it, too. And how much they, they need each other. And Emma sort of comments on that, where, like, I think Norman's really realistic and not as optimistic, but Emma pushes him to see that. Mm. Whereas Emma needs Norman in order to be so optimistic. Because she's the one that goes, no matter what I dream, Norman's going to show me how to make it happen. <laughs> which we see track through through for this whole thing so far. So it's going to be interesting and sad to go forward. But, yeah. So I like Norman. Yeah, Norman's amazing and a genius. But you <laughs> knew that already. You didn't need me to tell you. I <laughs> Again, if you've read it, you know. But, um... I think, I think maybe what might be more interesting, too, is if we... Uh, let's Let's switch gears. What for you was one of the most like one of the most surprising twists what was what was like the one that you were like oh my word i can't believe this happened um if you need a minute to think i can i can uh come up with one myself but i was gonna go to kate are you ready <laughs> uh i i need right a second i need a second to okay think of my all right favorite, should i really? got one we don't have to think too hard. We're going to cover probably all of them, just so you yeah. know. But <laughs> just like one, one sure. do you want to talk? All right, Shania's got it. Yeah, so like it's hard for me to say because I'm reading it for a second time. So like I kind of knew everything that would develop. But I think what still got me this time, like how they did the delivery, is like just learning that Ray was the, the spy and like how that came about. Because they do that whole scene where Ray's like, Oh, well, then the traitor must be... And Norman just, like, straight face is like, it's you, Ray. And I, like, knew it all along, basically. And I was like, what level of genius is happening here? And learning, like, about that and who Ray was and how he was functioning, I was just like, oh, my goodness. So I remember really feeling that the first time. And this time I was like, yo, that was still, like, a really dope reveal, like, how they went about it. Yeah, I thought of one. By the way, now I'm good. <laughs> okay, you're good. Go yeah. go ahead. We're just we're just throwing in. Oh yeah. yeah. Go ahead. If you have one, go ahead. So 
I think probably definitely the most shocking to me was when like mom Isabella like found out about like their plan like to distract her so that they could investigate the wall and then she comes over and when they still resist she broke Emma's leg. (laughs) I like even like rereading that I like still like lost it a little bit. I was just like oh my gosh that looks so painful. That was just like the last thing that I expected her to do. I like totally like understand like from her perspective why she did that. It makes sense like strategically wise like if you take Emma out Norman's 100% not gonna leave (laughs) like (laughs) I I totally get it but like it it was just such like a shocking moment to me like I never ever anticipated that (laughs) yeah that for sure like came out of nowhere but then even more so is like when they talk about it afterwards mom had been calculating that move from the beginning like I think yeah. Either Norman or Ray comments that she already had the bandages on her. And yeah. she, she mom <laughs> says that she broke the leg well. So mom went into this knowing she was going to scuffle with Emma and snap <laughs> a leg. And I just, mom leaves me shook many yeah. a time. And she's just like, she's always like, you know, I love my children. I'm trying to take care of my children. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure intentionally breaking one of your children's legs <laughs> isn't uh, loving for them fully. But, you that know. Tough. <laughs> it's tough to see. It's tough to see the love there. Uh, that's the a love. great transition uh, to talk about Isabella. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, yeah. This, there's like so much, such a range of things we find out about Isabella in this arc. But I, what's what's top of your mind, Kate? Since you brought up the moment, we'll go we'll go with you. What what are your yeah. Isabella thoughts with the whole arc? You know, being read. I just like I I thought it was very well placed. First of all, that we didn't get Isabella's like full backstory until the very end of this arc, because like we're we're yeah. leaving her and everything. I just thought that was like so awesome because. You don't really know, like, where she, like, came from, you know? And, like, you don't... I mean, obviously, you know a little bit. You know that she comes from, like, one of the farms and stuff like that. But you don't know that, like, she honestly went through a lot of the same things that, like, Emma Mm -hmm. and Norman and Ray are, like, going through right now. And it's just... It's so crazy to see it, like, from now her, like, grown perspective. Also... Like, Ray is her actual, like, right. baby. Which was, yeah. like, so crazy to me. Like, I, I was like, and then as soon as you find that out, like, I started thinking about, you know, like, that was probably a part of the reason why, like, she made the deal with him in the first place. But I don't know if there's, like, any actual, like, side to that or if it was just solely for, like, her own gain through this. But, yeah. Definitely super, super interesting character. Yeah, I I think one of the things that really, like, in that flash, I'm so glad that, I think it's actually, like, chapter 37. I think it's the last chapter of this yeah. this arc. Yeah. But we get that little, like, half the chapter is, like, a flashback with her, mm. of her, like, living on the farm. And we see, like, we see her, like, get to the wall. Like, as a kid, she, like, yeah. gets to the wall and looks down and goes, and, like, in her mind, she's like, there's no way out. I have to just live in the system. And that's when the whoever her mom was was like started training her to be a mom. And so 
Isabella's just like thrown herself into that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, oh my gosh, there are times in this arc where she is terrifying. Yeah. There's that one moment where like that one moment where Emma's looking at the it's real early on. But Emma's mm-hmm. looking at the board and like sees some Connie picture of Connie, like the girl who got killed in the first chapter. Sees some picture with her and mom like bends down with like w- eyes wide looking at her like trying to see if yes. she has like a reaction. I'm like, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> that's terrifying. Isabella's scary. Uh, Shania, do you have Isabella thoughts? Yeah, so I think the thing with Isabella is how complex and like seeing her. And even seeing, like, the other adult, we see Sister Crone through the kid's perspective. And I think the um, illustrator does a great job with these, like, creepy, intense faces where, like, they just seem like these horrible people and purely, like, evil. Like, the things that they do and are able to do with a straight face. But then when you get into the backstory and you come to understand that um, they're mom is literally trying to live the best life she can and give the kids the best life that she can give them like as she says at the end she just sadly like she she sadly like says um i wish i could have loved you normally and so well yes it's absolutely terrible that she just broke emma's leg like that (laughs) and everything else that she did that was like super rough like all of the calculated like showing them the tracker like all those things like first of all she's a genius but also she's trying to get them to understand that they need to give up hope to be happy because that's how she views the situation from her hopeless perspective she's like we can only be happy if we give up and that's not what emma vibes with at all but like (laughs) that's really where mom's coming from and it's so complex yeah i Isabel Isabel is just very interesting to me. She's well, Isabel is one of my favorite characters in the whole series. But uh, quick, quick, uh, we'll say maybe theory question for Kate and Kate only because me and I have read the whole series. Um, but do you think Isabella is dead? Um, because at the end of the arc, she like she seems to think she's going to get punished. Yeah, and we see what happened to Crone. We see what right. happened to Sister Crone earlier. Do you think Isabella dies here? I I don't know. I think, honestly, like, my initial gut reaction is, like, 100% yes. Like, she has to die from this. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty no big. Way. This is pretty this big. Is, like, she lost 15 children. Like, <laughs> this is... Yeah. I don't she think... She legitimately... Uh, yeah. She can't ship out any other kids no, for at least two can't. years. That's so bad. Yeah, that's she, so. That's got to be the worst. You've lost two years of profits for sure, yes, at least. Definitely, and like when also the other farms aren't really producing as much too at yeah. the same time. Like I just think it, it would be very difficult for them to decide to keep her alive. But at the same time, I do think that it's possible just because like they did say like she's raised like the most high quality children. So I think like if they want to keep that up, then they would probably keep her alive. But I definitely, I I just don't know. I think it's really like a 50-50 thing for me right now. Like (laughs) I think that she could definitely like be dead, but she could also definitely still be running the, the plant. Yeah. 
Well, we will absolutely see as yes. the story goes on <laughs> whether she's... Well, maybe. I guess maybe. she could be off-screen. <laughs> Who knows? Although, given the fact that Sister Crone was very much not off-screen... Oh, yeah, no. We, <laughs> I feel like we're going to get a definitive answer to that. But, right. Uh, that's, I, I guess we could touch on that a little bit. Do you have any Sister Crone thoughts? Do you have any uh, thoughts about that, Shania? We could start with you. Uh, it's okay if you don't, but... Okay. I mean, it was kind of the same thing. I found her more annoying, mostly because she was a more prominent hindrance to what the kids were trying to do. And I was like, stop trying to be mom. You're like, you're not going to get there. And but at the same time, I like feel bad for her because you see what mom went through and like, you know, Sister Crone had to go through something similar. And it's like, oh, you're all just trying to live. So it was, it was sad to see the ending, especially she was so confident and hopeful that she's like, maybe this is my trump card. And then the grandma was like, nah, you will never be her. Goodbye. And I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah, Kate, yeah. You, got any, you got any Sister Crone thoughts? Yeah, um, I just kind of same some of the similar thoughts there. Like she just held them the kids back from doing what they wanted to do a lot of the time. But also at the same time, she did actually provide them with like some intel that they wanted, which was good. Um, or at least like, you know, some intel that they already had, they could confirm with her, you know, um, right, which right. I thought was, I thought was good for like later on and everything. Like, just like I keep comparing like the anime that I watch to the the manga and everything. That's just you know. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's what I'm glad that you watched the anime. <laughs> that's coming in handy now. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, like in the anime, they depicted like Crone as like very, very crazy, like almost like batshit insane. <laughs> like, like, and yeah, I, I feel I was like worried there was... they were gonna do that. Yeah, and I I feel like there was definitely, like, a little bit of a, a twinge there where you're like, all right, she's definitely, she doesn't have, like, the, the hat in the right place, right? <laughs> not Obviously. playing with a full deck of cards. <laughs> We're not playing with a full deck of cards. But, like, it was much less, like, out there as the anime, like, made it. Because the anime, like, gave her this, like, really weird, like, baby doll that she was obsessed with. Like, it was just... What it the was heck very, is that?! I, <laughs> No, and I didn't see it at all in the manga, and I was like, okay, um, I guess, I guess that's just not a thing. They just put that in to make her crazier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why does she have a baby doll? That's I don't know. That's upsetting. That's upsetting for me to learn. It was like really oh, no. horrifyingly looking too. Like it was like a barely what? stitched together baby doll, and like she was obsessed with it. Like she would talk to it and like swing it around the room. And, like, I, these are genius level women. Do they know that? I don't know. Do they know that Crone is supposed to be a legitimate genius? She yeah. is a legitimate genius. Yeah. What's up I with just, the baby doll talking? I don't. That's I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> no, thank you. I I mean yeah. like listen. I don't like Crone already. Yeah. But like I definitely don't like that. And it, I it just, I just never. F oh yeah, go ahead. No, it just, like, kind of, like, made me a little bit upset as I was reading. Because <laughs> I was like, why did they make her, like, that crazy? Like, they yeah. didn't really have to do that. <laughs> why would you give her the baby doll if you didn't know. have to? That doesn't make sense. I don't... They're, 
I want I want to no be point. in the room. I want to be in the room on that meeting. I want to know why that was a call. Yeah, I just for Crone at least in the manga rather. Uh, I just like never felt like like I felt like there were times where she was supposed to seem like endearing, yeah. but like I never felt that way because she's not like yeah. She's just like we know from the get go that she's an enemy, right? So like right. everything she does is like we we don't find as endearing. But there were times even after we found all this out about mom or Isabella rather. Well, yeah, you get what I'm saying. But where I was like, it still almost felt like it was endearing. Like I, you know, I kind of felt like that connection. You could understand why they were struggling right. to like why it was so hard for them to think she's been just sending us to these demons all these years. Like, yeah. you could see what, what what the problem was. And so I just never felt that with Crone. I was like, ah, I don't like you at all. Yeah. Uh, but she does she does provide the information, which is helpful. So yeah. you're right. We, we move the plot along. But yeah, she's not. Yeah, but uh, going all the way back to the what is your most surprising moment? Uh, my most surprising moment, if it's not... The chapter one, uh, this world has demons and they eat people. That's pretty big. Uh, and le- that that is probably legitimately, when I first read this, that is probably why I read it for so long. Is because yeah. that just, that was, like, you know, because you get, like, the creepy, like, like <laughs> you know, we get up, we eat breakfast, we have numbers on our necks, and you're like, that's wrong. What's going on there? <laughs> and then you're like, we take tests and, like, the atmosphere is, like, real creepy. And you're like, what? What's going on with these tests, guys? Like, you like get worried, but then that happens, and you're like, all right, I knew something was off, but I didn't know it was this. This was not what I thought. Like, I just like, but um, I when there's a chap, so like, when they're finally going to escape, I remember when I first read it too, when Ray pours the lighter fluid on himself, mm. I was like, oh my gosh, he's gonna die. And then when, like, it goes up in flames and you think he's in there, I was like, oh, my word, he, he's dead. He's de- He lit himself on fire. <laughs> he burned. He burned himself alive. And I, like, I remember, like, being, like, great, like, thinking that was crazy. And then the other thing is, like, we just watched Norman get shipped out. So I'm, like, no one's safe. Anybody could go <laughs> now. You know, what? Like I was like, if anyone was going to make it, I was like, Norman, you're going to make it. And then he doesn't make it. And I'm like, so no one's safe. It's no, we're, there we're is, screwed. Doesn't matter. There's no plot armor. <laughs> there's no exist. plot armor does not exist. Is Emma safe? I'm like, I don't know. I like, and so like, I'm like, Ray does that. And I was like, when I first read it for, for like, seriously, I was like, he's dead. He let himself on fire and now they're going to run away. But like Ray's dead too. And I like, yeah, it was, ah, it was tough. It was a tough moment to see, but I say all that to segue into how do we feel about Ray? Because we didn't get to him yet. Uh, Kate, how do you feel about Ray? I feel okay about Ray. I, I didn't like Ray as much as first, to be honest, because I felt like he gave off a very like angsty teen vibe and I don't really, (laughs) I don't really like that vibe. So, <laughs> yeah, he gave off an angsty teen vibe because he's known since infancy that he's being yeah. bred I mean, to like, be eaten. He's like, well, 
well-founded oh, yeah. angst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that edge yeah. comes with a price. Oh, no, yeah. Definitely, I mean, as I learned more about him and that, like, he has, like, memories from when he was an infant, I was like, okay, I definitely understand <laughs> why your attitude is like this. I get it. Um, but yeah, I I actually did end up liking him a lot, though, by the end of this, like, arc. Like, he was really re- ready to, like, just sacrifice it all for the rest of them, like Norman did. And, like, that just says a lot about him and, like, his character. And, like, you know, I just... He's such a great, like, strategist as well, like Norman is. Um, but, obviously, you know, there was all that stuff with, like him being the spy and everything and um when you like really get down to it you understand that like he did it because he wanted to save the rest of them and i think that that's like also like so great that he planned that far ahead like since he was six years old he had the foresight to be like we're gonna break out of here i'm gonna take my two friends with me and this is how i'm gonna do it (laughs) Yeah, his whole, like, mood and attitude definitely makes a lot more sense when we learn, like, what he knows and for how long he's known it. Mm. But he is, like, frustrating for a good part of it because he's just such a downer. Like, he just, he's very adamant, like, it can only be S3, it's not going to work out any other way. And he kind of keeps that attitude throughout, especially after Norman's gone, he's like, Emma's going to make it. I'm going to kill myself. Because that was the plan. Like, he was legitimately going to do that if Emma didn't have the reflexes of a ninja. Which, what a boss move. Like, she could have been ignited, too, stepping into all of that. But she just slaps the match and she's like, no, we're going to do it this way. But, yeah, like, Ray, I think he comes around. I like the final moment um, towards his arc where he's like, um... I, I don't know what you want to call it because, like, Emma and him both have, like, a little, like, vision of Norman, like, talking to them. And I feel like that's when Ray sort of has a turning point to, like, allow himself to hope finally. Like, because he sees, he sees what Emma's done and managed to do and he, he gets a little taste of what Norman's been experiencing all the time of, like, no, Emma makes her dreams reality. Like, you just got to help her. And he really, I think he... He's in that then at the end and like as he like straps the little girl to his chest and goes across I'm like it's a big I think that's a big turning point for his character where he's like allowing himself to hope or to like believe in a possibility that he hadn't before. I think that that moment I really like that moment too and I think that moment's like where he like takes over for where Norman left off right so like Norman is like, was like the strategy, like Emma was like, I have this big plan, this big dream, we got to make it happen. And Norman was like, how do we make that happen? Like Norman would figure it out. But I think it's that moment when he straps that, I think her name is Jemima. Like he straps, he straps her. (laughs) Yeah, we won't comment about that for now. (laughs) We won't comment, we won't comment about that. Uh... Viz has got to work on some things, but we won't we won't comment about that. Um, but he straps, you know, he straps her to his chest, and like then gives those other boys like the courage. Like he, mm. like you, he's like, you guys aren't scared, are you, or something? You know, he gives them the yeah. courage to go across too, and really helps. And I think like this is like the turning. Ray is now going to step up into that job of, I'm like because he is like a practical, you know, figure it out kind of guy. 
it's like he's going to step into the job of like Emma has this big plan. I got to figure out how we're going to make it happen. Um, and so they can work as a team. I think like that. And I I, re- I really like Ray for a long time. Actually, when I first read it, Ray was my favorite character for most of the series. So I definitely I like Ray a lot. But yeah, that brings me to uh, everyone else in the house. Is there anyone else that like stood out stood out to you guys that you that you liked? Um, or wanted to talk about, uh, Kate, we'll start with you since you're, you know, kind of newer to the series. Yeah. Um, probably the first, like the next ones that at least my mind goes to are like Gilda and Don, just because they were, they were pretty involved from almost the beginning of kind of when, uh, Emma and Norman found out about everything. I just like, I, (laughs) when they went and (laughs) they did the whole breaking into a uh, mom's mom Isabella's room thing I was just like they're they're gonna get killed they're gonna get shipped out they're gonna die like <laughs> geniuses like, that are also dumb yeah I was like you're I'm not turning literally... the page <laughs> they're, they're yeah, I'm not... turning each page and I'm like you're gonna she's gonna be here she's yeah. every page I turn I'm like they're gonna die they're gonna I'm die like, they're gonna turn around she's gonna be right there that's how it's gonna happen <laughs> But yeah, I was like, "How? Why aren't you listening to what like the literal geniuses told you to do?" Because <laughs> the thing is, is you gotta, you just gotta listen to to the best, you know, voice of reason in this scenario. Um, but I mean, other than that, I think they they definitely had a, a lot of good moments. Obviously, Don he punched Norman and Ray in the face when he found <laughs> out they were lying to him, which is like so crazy. But I was like, I mean, I I kind of get it though. Like that's like a huge thing to lie about. So and just like Gilda like has absolute faith that Emma wouldn't have lied to her and everything. And like I was just. I just, I really did like the two of them a lot. Um, they had obviously not some of the best moments, um, but they made it out. They made it out of that room. They were, they were still alive, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't die. That's great. Yes. I, I like, I can't help but relate to Dawn a lot. Mm. Like several times Dawn like does or says something and I was like, yep, that seems about right. Like, he's, like, when they're, like, talking about the plan, and he's, like, what if we just do this direct thing? Yeah. And I'm, like, yep, that would be me. Yep, <laughs> uh, I would say that. I would make that assumption. Meanwhile, the super geniuses are over here, like, playing 4D chess with yeah. mom. And he's over here, like, what if we just broke into the secret room? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're kidding, right? I just, it's very relatable. Very relatable. I love that right after they reveal what they've done, Ray just kind of has that moment where he looks at like Norman and him and he's like, I freaking told you this is what would happen if we brought in more people. This is why it had to be just a three. Do you see? Do you see why it had to be just us? Yeah. But no, they do some cool stuff, especially when you see how much Emma relied on them for the final parts of the plan for like spreading out the information and training everyone and stuff because mom wasn't watching them like she was watching Emma and Ray. Um, so yeah, they're cool. But to add in my, uh, I can't take this from Luke. Luke can talk about his favorite character first. 
Hey, we haven't gotten to that part of the podcast. We don't know if it's my favorite character, but let us talk about the best character in the whole series. My main man, Phil. I knew you were going to say Phil. <laughs> oh my gosh. I there is Phil. no. Oh my word. I love Phil. I can't. All right. Should I? You, you can talk about Phil, but I just, I wanted to introduce Phil. I wanted to give him, give him what he deserved. So the man, the myth, the four-year-old legend, Phil. Yeah, no, he <laughs> he is. <laughs> Luke's four. clearly more passionate about it, but he also is one of my, if not my favorite, like side character that we have. And I'm, I just his. They plant little seeds about him so well. Even the like Morse code around the the books. Everyone's like Emma. We're surprised you figured that out. And she's like, Oh no, it's Phil. He just showed me the one day. And then when they tell Phil this catastrophic news, they pull him in and they're like, yo, Phil, everything's a lie. You're going to get your brain eaten. He's like, that's what I thought was going on. And I'm like, Phil, (laughs) Phil, they give him, there's like this little panel that makes me sad because it's like him with like little four-year-old handwriting, putting like writing down the word harvest, like trying to make sense of things. And I'm like, no four-year-old should have to come to this realization but he holds it down emma's like what do we do like should i leave you guys is that okay and he's just like i can wait go ahead <laughs> and i'm like of course you can wait phil you're a freaking hero <laughs> uh at the end yeah phil's phil's great for being four he's great for being a human being phil is great but mm. kate what do you have do you have any <laughs> phil thoughts yeah, I mean, like, when you interact with four-year-olds in the real world, and then you see Phil, you're like, dang. <laughs> it's a cut above. He's a cut above the rest. He's, he's definitely a cut above the rest, for sure. I mean, like, man. he figured out, like, the Morse code thing. Like, that was <laughs> yeah. insane. Like, I'm like, this uh, four-year-old, I probably wouldn't even figure this out. And this four-year-old no. child is just sitting here just reading, first of all, casually reading a book about Morse code. <laughs> yeah, you know, just that? on the side. <laughs> just casual. The tests weren't enough for Phil. <laughs> Phil wants more. Yeah. But he's he's so great, and just, like, the way he very well, like, executed everything at the end with the, the plan, and he was he was just like, yeah, just leave me here. Just leave us here. It's all good. We can wait. We'll wait for you to come back. It's all fine, you know? And I was just so much like, trust. I'm just like, what, what four-year-old, like, has the emotional control to, like, <laughs> do that? It's just so crazy. Yeah, Phil is great, though. I definitely love Phil. I, yeah, he, uh, there's, there's, like, one specific panel where he, they're, like, when they're talking, when him and Emma are having this conversation. First of all, him and Emma's conversation is so, like, like touching to me Mm. um because like he like emma's like emma brings him in tells him the thing with the intention of being like what do you think we should do um and like he obviously says you you should go like we can wait but like there's this moment like when he's talking about like he's like oh i thought that was what was happening and like it gives him that montage there's this panel where his face it's just like the illustrator like does it like draws him so well that you can like see like this combination of like fear and like he's trying to like get the resolve back and then he does 
He like at first him and Emma like cry together for a minute, but then he does and he like brings it together and he's like, We can wait. You know? And you see that resolve and that that endurance again. But like that there's that something about that panel just is like, Oh, Phil, you're the best. Phil, you're so oh, I love Phil. Phil is Phil's the best. Um Yeah, but we we did what I guess my next question would be, what do you think and we'll start with Shania, but what do you think about the whole plan, the whole escape plan and how everything went off? Any thoughts thoughts about the plan or anything like that? I don't know if I'm being too vague, but we'll start with Shania here. Uh, I guess just looking back at it, the, the big brain energy going on here because there were like what seemed to be like nine escape plans going on. And I think the authors did a good job because there's like... The plan that the three of them discussed, the plan that like Ray and Norman privately had, the the plan that Emma sort of calculated on the side, the plan that mom thought was happening, like all of these details that mix together and how they do it in secrecy and um, like do the secret training. And I love Emma's mindset of we're going to come back like this is how we save everyone and where she finds her own. I mean, I don't think it was just her. I think it was prompted by a conversation with Don and Gilda. But at the same time, she finds her own way to make her goals a reality where she's like, we'll just come back. That's what we will do. That's what we have to do. And just the clever, like, outsmarting mom was super cool because mom seemed like this impossible force. Like, she just seemed like this impenetrable wall. She always knew what they were doing. She anticipated everything. But she didn't anticipate that. And then even mom, like, helping them at the end. Like, it's such a small moment. But once you know she's like hope is lost for me but i hope your plan works and she like hides the rope so that the to buy them some more time and i'm like what unforeseen part of the plan that mom actually helps it in the end i found that like the coolest moment of the plan i'm like look at you isabella you're doing you're doing good mom stuff good mom stuff like you know (laughs) breaking legs (laughs) anyway kate (laughs) We got yeah. any any planned thoughts or anything like that? Yeah, definitely like very, very thought out, super like good execution, I think. Um and I just I I think it's so great, especially just to think about like the last couple of like or the last month or so, I guess, that happened yeah. without Norman there. And, like, at that same time, you think, like, oh, nothing's really going on. Like, what's going to happen when it gets to Ray's day, you know? And then, like, just everything, like, comes apart, uh, like, on that night. And I just think, like, it's so awesome that they, like, had that, like, huge break there. And just, like, it's so baller that they decided to cut off their ears. Like, that was so insane (laughs) to me. I was like, these, like, children, all of them are, like, 11 and below, are, like, cutting off their ears (laughs) to get out of this scenario. Or at least, like, Emma did, you know, and everything. But, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Emma and Ray. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just Emma that cuts off her ear. Like, I think everyone else, like, in the distraction uses the device. Yeah. And but I think... Ray. But that's yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ray has to get his cut out. But, like, yeah, she just leaves her ear. She just runs from yeah. a fire, leaves her ear behind. 
Also, like, the speed at which she cut off her ear and ran away (laughs) was just, like, insane. I was like, like, you have to work up the courage. I feel like I would be standing there in front of the mirror for a couple minutes, like, oh, crap, I gotta do this. Oh, no. (laughs) But, like, she just, she got in there, she lopped that ear off, and she got on her way. (laughs) I just... (laughs) Even if I was able to, like, quickly slice my ear off, if I just had, like, you know, do a quick, you can't think about it, I'm definitely yeah. screaming at the end and going, <laughs> yeah, ah, right. my ear! <laughs> like, and even, all like, the way, she, I'm running, yeah. Yeah, and even when she, like, catches up, she's like, no, we can worry about my ear later, let's just go. <laughs> yeah. I get a paper it. cut and I start freaking out. So yeah. it would not work for me. I, I would not be able to cut through my ear. Yeah. In one swift motion, yeah. much less recover from that within a month. Like right. I, and that's the other thing. It's like she's been hobbling intentionally. Like her leg has been healed. Yeah. But she's been hobbling to like make it appear as if it's still recovering mm-hmm. for like a month and a half or something. Like for yeah. a while, she's just she's just ready to sprint now. <laughs> like I just yeah. Anyway, it it is very cool, and I. How many times do you think Dawn had to throw that that rope with the rocks tied to it at different trees oh to get gosh. that to work? Because that is... And let me tell you, if he's wrong, if he's wrong about that, he's going in the pit. So he's got to be right. He is. He has got to have that nailed down perfectly. Yeah. That worked out. It worked out very well, is all I'm yeah. saying. And he's is a lot of practice, Dawn probably put into that into that move, but... Now he knows how to grapple onto trees from anywhere. What a skill Don now has. Yeah. Could come in handy. <laughs> Could come in handy. We don't know. We don't know what we're about to face. We don't know. It's a whole world we're about to face out here. But uh yeah, did uh Kate, did you have anything anything else about this arc that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I don't know. Like it obviously, uh definitely um like I think the the beginning is such like a good start, and you're just really not expecting everything to go down the way that it does, and like it it seems like it happens so fast in like this first arc, um and like when I watched the anime, it felt like there was like a little more time that like you got kind of more settled into like the regular life that they had. And then, like, the stuff with, like, Connie and everything happens. And you're just, like, absolutely blindsided. But, yeah, I just, this is so great. I really like this arc and everything. That's interesting that, like, in the anime, it, like, gets you settled in. Because I feel like from the beginning with the manga, it's like, no, nothing is normal or okay here. And we're not even going to give you that illusion. We're just going to keep making it worse. The illusion (laughs) is you think it's gotten as worse as it's going to get. And then it gets worse. But I, mean, I think that's something I noticed this read through. Um, and again, I don't know if it's a book thing or just visible on the app, but they do sometimes um, little like cover stories or side stories. And they did like this um, series of three from when like they were younger kids. And like Norman is, um, he's like six, so he's in a medical wing or something like that. Oh, and yeah. Emma keeps like, breaking in to see him because she's like you can't be alone norman you're sick as you know emma does and like in the final time that she's there she like gives him like this cup with string so that they can talk through the door Mm. 
and which is like you know really cute kid stuff but then when norman goes to be shipped out and mom comments on the suitcase being very light the only thing norman took in that suitcase was the cup with string so i'm like first of all norman you kept it all these years and you took it with you to be connected (laughs) to emma and it hurts me so yeah i noticed that this read through that hurt yeah, uh, Norman is, Norman's a G. He just mm-hmm. smiles, and he's like, I can't take it with me. I'm like, what? Oh, you know what's about to happen, buddy. Like, this is not, you're very calm. Norman, Norman's cool. But yeah, that's, I, yeah, you told me about that earlier today, Shania, and I was like, I didn't even notice. I didn't even know. But Norman, Norman, Norman likes Emma. Norman's a big Emma fan. <laughs> As we all are, um, yeah. So let's go. Let's go into the three questions that I'm going to ask every single time, and I'm obviously going to have to change one of these questions going forward. Uh, but it's relevant now, so we'll do it now. But one of these questions is definitely going to have to change next week. But uh, first of all, uh, favorite character. I will go first, and it should not be a surprise if you've listened to this podcast so far. Phil is my favorite character. Absolutely. I love him from the bottom of my heart. All all four years of him. I love Phil. He's my favorite. Uh, Shania, you want to go? Uh, so as I already indicated, as great as Phil is in all his four-year-old glory, Emma's <laughs> definitely my favorite right now. I love how she views the world. I love how she brings everyone together and how, like, Beyond the brains and the brawn, she brings the hope, and I love her for that. Yeah, mine uh, is Ray. I think at the moment, just because nice. a lot of the other you know reasons I said I started to like him, I grew to like him before. It's just hard, you know. I think like <laughs> he's been yeah. through a lot. <laughs> it's just, it's just and- hard. He's <laughs> had a hard life. Like, but he's I, just been through some stuff. He's like has mem- memories from being an infant and like demons like hold him. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, no good. It's it's a lot. So I, I definitely I love I like Ray a lot, so Yeah, Ray's Ray's super cool. Ray's super cool. Alright, question number two. And we will start with Kate and pretty much go backwards from what we did. Uh the order, your order of what I'm going to call right now is the big three. And this is the question that's definitely <laughs> going to have to change next week. But your order of Emma, Ray, and Norman in, you know, yeah, your order of them. Kate, go. Yeah. Um, I am probably going to do Ray, Norman, Emma, I think, for my, for my order. Nice. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and reverse that list to be Emma, Norman, Ray. But hey. <laughs> And to be real fun about this, Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I think my list is Emma, Ray, Norman. Mm. Um, uh, I will say, like I said earlier, Ray was, Ray was my favorite character for most of the series the first time I read it. Mm. Um, but I really, I ah, just, I'm really digging Emma. You know, I'm really into the positive vibes right now. Positive so I'm really vibes. digging Emma and Phil, the best character. Not <laughs> part of the big three. <laughs> well, you can I'm make just, him now, I guess. Maybe uh, yes. Norman's yeah. replacement. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe he's part of the Listen, but we're not going to... We left him behind, Kate. He's gone. He's, we're not going to... Poor You're Phil. Never see him again? <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know. They're coming back, so I feel like we're going to see him again. I mean, I know, but they say they're coming back, and so far, Emma has... Emma has produced on all of those promises so i i believe in them but i don't know if we're gonna see him next arc you know (laughs) might be might be a little tough but yeah uh and the and the last one which is kind of you know not relevant but we already kind of went over this is is how you where this arc will like you know stack with the rest and we did this with hunter hunter but um for now i'll say like how do you feel about this as an intro arc to the series and so um should I? Why don't you go first? Yeah, I think it's a very solid opening arc. It quickly gets you to the heart of the issue, I feel like, but then adds a million layers of complexity because you're like, demons are bad, mom's bad, demons still bad, mom's not bad. The see, seeing the kids and they get you invested quickly, like how much Luke loves Phil. Phil did not have that many panels, but he inspired so much love. <laughs> and but they do, like, I think, no, it's a really good intro arc for the plot, the characters, everything. No, it definitely does good. Kate, Kate, how do you feel about this as an intro arc to The Promised Neverland? Yeah, I definitely like this as an intro arc. I think it's a, like, good introduction to just the personalities that everybody has. You get to know, like, how they are a little bit in, like, non-crisis situation, and then, like, what what they're like when, you know, shit really hits the fan. But, <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I think it's really good. It's, like, really fast-paced, kind of, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. not, like... In, an, in a bad way, I don't even think. Like, it's it's good because it, it keeps your attention. I think there wasn't, like, a single time when I was like, oh, like, I don't know, I kind of want to do something else. Like, reading <laughs> reading it and everything. Yeah. Like, it's just so fast-paced that, like, it keeps you going with all of these different surprises. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing... Um, an amazing intro arc. Definitely a great intro to the series. This is actually, overall, I think, and we'll, we'll get in. you know, as we do more arcs, we'll get into this. But overall, I think this is one of my, one of my favorite arcs in the series. So I, I, I really like it a lot. And it does a great job of, like, at, you know, at minimum, setting the stage for what's about to come. If not, you know, really, really delivering on a lot of the, the twists and, um, that this series is, is pretty well known for, I would, I would say, but. Yeah, um, so that's that's all I got for this episode of The Pillow Fort. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you liked what we had to say, please uh, like this video, subscribe to our channel here. Um, I'm, I bring you regular Shonen Jump content every single week, along with random videos and The Pillow Fort podcast, which will be on this channel. Um going forward so definitely subscribe to the channel if you had anything to say leave it down in the comment section we'd love to interact with you with your comments down there um and all that and just so you all know the next arc we're going to be doing is the j or not the jailbreak arc that's the one we just did um it is the i believe it's called like the promised forest arc it is chapter 38 
through 52. So if you're reading along with us, definitely read those chapters, and we will be back with the Pillow Fort Podcast next week. But that's all we got for this week. So thanks so much for hanging out with us here at the Pillow Fort Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you later.